words that we're singing today, as God has highlighted them quite, quite deeply to me, and so I wanted to share that with you in case they would resonate with you the same way. So the first song we're going to be singing is, um, the lyrics go, I won't let the rocks cry out in my place. like a very declarative statement that we are standing and making the choice to say I'm going to do all that I can not even to let rocks cry out for you if I don't cry out for you <clears throat> and the next lyrics that we would sing a bit later are the joy of the Lord is my strength so I hope that we can hear that we don't have to use all of our own personal strength to make the choice to cry out to God before rocks because it is the joy of him that strengthens us to do so. So really he does it all on his own because he's that good and he lets us be a part of it and have any sort of choice of part of it because he is that good. And so I hope that when you stand to sing those lyrics, that if God moves you to, that you would make it that kind of declarative choice today, saying, I won't let the rocks cry out in my place, and then allow yourself to be reminded that it is the joy of who the Lord is that strengthens us to make that very choice. And that joy, as we talked about before, exists in all things in the highs of this life and in the lows, in the things that are known and the things that are unknown of both this world and the world to come because we also sing a lyric that says there will be glory after this. Whether that means this circumstance or this world as we know it, there is going to be glory as only described as God's glory after this. And so I hope that you would stand with us this morning you are able and willing and that you might open up your voice and give praise back unto the Lord, okay? Oh, I won't let 
joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, oh, oh he is my You are our hope, Jesus. Jesus, you are our hope. You are our joy. As the angels proclaimed when you came on earth, joy to the world, the Lord has come. We thank you, Lord, that you have come, that you took our place on the cross so that we can live in eternity with you, Lord. We praise your name, Lord God. May that joy abound in our hearts today as we worship you, as we worship you in spirit. Lord, we stand before you and we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that all good things come from your hand, Lord. That there's nothing that can replace that gift that you've given to us. That gift of grace, that gift of mercy, that gift of peace that abounds to our lives. We thank you, Lord God, for you are good. You are so good, Lord. Church, you know, I'm reminded this morning of the way that Peter encouraged us as his people, as a people of God. You know, he said that grace and peace will be multiplied to you. In some translations that says that grace and peace will abound to you. That means it's going to jump right on you when you have the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. So today we can stand firm in that promise that Jesus came on earth that he took our place so that we could be with him for all eternity. All we have to do is accept that free gift that he offers us today. Church, let's be thankful for what he's given to us. Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord God, for the joy that you've given to us, the joy that you set before yourself as you died on the cross and took our place, Lord. We're truly thankful. We're thankful for what we're going to celebrate this week, that miracle of life that you gave back to us. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. That joy of the Lord, may it be our strength right now. As the song said, regardless of any present suffering, Lord. It pales in comparison to the joy that you give to us, the peace that you offer to our lives, the grace that you give to us. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for that goodness and mercy that you bestow on us. And all of us say in thanksgiving, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. I hope you're enjoying this time of the year. I love this time of year where we celebrate what Jesus has done for us in a special way as he came to earth to celebrate and be part of this 
present place, took our place. I cannot forget that. And I hope that you don't as well this week as you experience Christmas with your families. We have so many great things coming uh, this week coming up for our Christmas Eve Eve service. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But first, I'd like to welcome any of our first-time guests. Thank you so much for coming this morning. We welcome you. And we're just so thankful. We're thankful for the people who are joining us online. I just want to take a moment to pray for anybody that may be online that is not here because they're in sickness right now. And Lord, we reach out a hand to each person watching online that needs a breath of healing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you touch each and every person that watches today with your healing power, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the example, Jesus, that you gave to us, to that Roman centurion who had a servant who was ill, and you went beyond where he was standing to reach to that person and say, you are healed, and that mom in that moment, that person was healed. So we lift up every person watching right now, and we pray for healing in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I also enjoy this time in the morning because we celebrate worship together as families. Isn't that such a great moment where we have the kids together with us in worship time? So right now, we're going to ask all the kids to follow Pastor Kevin, Pastor Lisa out, and enjoy your morning in kids' ministry, family ministry. Let's give them all a hand as they go. Awesome. Such a great sight to see all the awesome. Well, why don't you turn to someone you didn't come to church with today? Let them know that they look awesome today and that the joy of the Lord is their strength. Amen. You know, today, uh, this week is actually a special week for the church as well. Um, we get to celebrate you know, Pastor Kyle, Pastor Danielle's anniversary this week. They're celebrating right now. And also for Pastor Kyle's birthday, which was this week as well. Come on, you can give him a better hand than that. Such a great example to us of love and sacrifice that we get to have as part of being part of the kingdom of God. And so this morning, we actually have a special privilege, a moment that my wife Irene and I have been waiting for for some time, and we're so thankful that Pastor John, Pastor John Campana is going to speak to us this morning. So let's give him a warm welcome as well. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Ron, for stalling for me while I changed the little thing, what was over my ear at the moment. Um, you know what? I should have... Oh, there we go. That's how you do it. I am really feeding back up here. If we... Uh, do you want me to switch to the handheld? You let me know what, what works best. Yeah. Uh, is my handheld muted or is it still on? Because that... 
Let me switch it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unmute me. There we go. Perfect. <clears throat> Great. I didn't need to switch. Um, actually, though, if you could mute the reverb, because ain't nobody want to hear that the whole time. It's great to see everybody this morning. Forgive my, uh, I want to say wardrobe changes, but it's not wardrobe changes. Um, as accessories, I don't know, Margo, thank you for that, for that word. Um, as Pastor Ron mentioned, Pastor Kyle and Danielle are not here with us this morning. If you could be praying for them, they both tested positive for COVID this week. Um, so obviously they wanted to be with us right now. They wanted to be with us celebrating, but we have some some flowers for the anniversary that we will be, I know that they're watching online right now. You guys will be getting these. I promise they're not going to be coming home with me. Um, but we love you guys. We are praying for you. We are praying with you. Um, I also wanted to mention before we go any further, uh, thank you for everybody who helped serve and sew into, the, into our toy store this year. We had a beautiful, beautiful night last Sunday night. 29 people said yes to a relationship with Jesus, which is incredible. It's incredible. So we got to sew into families. We got to sew. And I love, I love, even, even if someone didn't say yes in that moment, what does the word say? Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. And I love those opportunities that we see for lives to be changed and transformed and really be reshaped and come into contact with the love of God, especially during this season. Because I don't know about you. But I feel like every year I look forward to Christmas time, and then it is a very heavy time. And I felt that in the room this morning a little bit, the heaviness of the time. And before, uh, before we go in, into, into the sermon, I just wanted to take a minute, and I feel like I have a word for someone. And God started talking to me about this on Tuesday, and I was like, but I'm not going to have a microphone in my hand on, <laughs> on Sunday. So I, I don't know why you're talking to me about this. And he was like, haha, just you wait and see. Um, but... This plant, I, I take care of the plants in the building. I know it, I look like a little bit of a crazy plant person right now, but um, it's, I don't have this plant here on purpose because I want it to feel like a, uh, a, a Middle Eastern Christmas vibe since it's a tropical plant. It's because this plant used to live in the lobby on the other side of that wall, and it's supposed to be a plant that does well in low light. And it didn't. Um, I had watered it adequately. It was supposed to be fine in low light. And I watched the plant slowly die. I was like, great, awesome, it's dying. So I have a secret. In a room back over that way, there's like a plant graveyard. And it's where all the plants that have died go because I have a hard time throwing them away. So I'm like, I'll just save them over here. It'll be okay. And it's this, like this disgusting plant graveyard. And every, if you looked in it, you'd be like, what is wrong with him? He's crazy. And so this plant went into the plant graveyard, I want to say at least six months ago. And I went in there to put the baptismal away because we decided we could put the baptismal into that room instead of it being just the plant graveyard. Now the baptismal stored there. And I went in, and when I put it in there, there was nothing here. It was just, it was like sticks, like dead sticks. And I walked in and I was like, that plant's alive. Well, how did that plant How's that plant alive? I don't understand why that plant is alive. And I realized that the need of sunlight was more important to the plant than water. And I feel like there are someone in the room this morning that you're in a dry season in life. 
and you're feeling that dryness, and you're sensing that dryness, and you're afraid of coming in closer to the light because, well, I'm dry right now, so what if I get burned from the light? And I believe that God is saying to you, come in close to the light. The light will provide the nutrients that you need. The light will provide everything that you need for survival. I will bring that through my light. So if you're in a dry season, if you're in that place of dryness where you're feeling that, lean in. The light was more important for this plant than the water. The water's important. But the light was essential. So that has really nothing to do with what I'm talking about this morning. But I'm going to leave this plant here because now we will pretend like it's a Middle Eastern Christmas vibe. Can we go ahead and pray? Spirit of God, you are welcome in this place. Come and move as only you can do. From the front to the back, side to side. Speak. Minister. Let these words not be your words. Let it be your voice that is heard. Let it be you that we are hearing, that we are seeing, that we are walking with. Let it be you. Let there be no distractions. That anything that would distract us, let it be tuned away right now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So we are continuing in Advent. And I have a funny story for you. So I woke up, and I was going about my day, and then I got a text from Pastor Kyle Danielle on Friday asking if I could speak. And I was like, sure, absolutely. And I almost immediately felt like God said, joy. I'm like, Cool, but let me check Advent to see what week of Advent it is. I pulled up my little cheat sheet, and it said joy on the cheat sheet that we had been emailed out. I was like, great, okay. And then, like, sat down, started working and everything, and um, Friday night, I realized, and my wife was in the room, and she watched me realize, oh, we talked about joy last week. And she saw the panic start to roll across my face, and she's like, it's okay. What did God say to talk about? I said, joy. And she said, great. So this morning we're continuing to talk about joy. Yeah, that's right. And which is perfect. I feel like God planned that. He knew what, what was going on. Um, and I feel like the word joy is such an interesting word for me. The thought, the concept of joy is so unique, um, I believe, to the Christian walk of life. And I have found it as such an invitation during Advent season to really pause and reflect. Uh, Because for me, I think that when we talk about joy, we can start to get this concept, this idea of what the world may view as joy. What we hear, you know, I don't know if anybody remembers, there was that Marie Kondo show a couple years ago where she like, "What, what sparks joy in your life? And get rid of all the things in your house that don't spark joy in your life. The problem is all of the things in my house make me happy, so I couldn't really get rid of that much stuff. But we have this concept and this idea where it really is not about what sparks joy, it's what makes us happy. And so in Advent season, whenever we talk about joy, it's really, I find, when I pause and reflect and stop, that it is a self-locator of where am I finding all of the good things in life. What am I looking to to provide pleasure? What am I looking to for excitement? What am I focusing on? 
what am I seeing? What am I valuing in my life? So I need to start and say, I do not have any of this figured out. All right? Let's just, like, start with acknowledging that. None of us have any of this figured out. But we're on a journey together. We're on a journey towards Christ together. We're on a journey into his presence together. So I want to invite you on some of the journey and some of the conversations I've been having with God about this over the last little bit. But I think that we start to, um, when we look at the world's viewpoint, we start to see, like, what are, what's the stuff that makes me happy? Whatever your stuff may be. Some people, it's physical stuff. Shoes, cars, clothes, food. Let me tell you, my nightly ice cream routine with my peanut butter ripple ice cream <laughs> makes me real happy every night. Maybe it's success, whether it's work success or buying that house or whatever that may be. Maybe it's our fantasy life. And when I say fantasy life, I don't just mean pornography. Maybe it's, well, what if I could marry that person? Or what would have happened if I would have done that career path instead of this career path? And we live in that place that's not reality. Or our relationships. Maybe it's our family. There's nothing wrong with enjoying our family, but if, if it is our source, something wrong with that. Some of us, I think it can be the lack of those things that make us happy. When it's like, oh, I have this perfectly um, cleared out house. There's nothing in here. I watch, I, I don't watch the show because it drives me crazy, but the tiny house show, I could never be that person. Like, I admire people that are that, are those people, Dana. Um, I admire those people because I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you feel like you can get rid of all of the things that you have in your house and be totally con- that's really impressive. I could never do that. Like, where do you put things in those houses? But anyway, there's people that find the pleasure and joy in the, the space. I don't need all the relationships because I have the space because I have me. And some people can sit and listen to the wind, and it makes them happy. Okay, that's great, but is it joy? Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, when I'm with you, at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. So that wind, it might be relaxing, it might be tranquil, but if it's not bringing me into the presence of God, sitting and listening to that wind, it's not joy. And I think that it can be really easy to get that mixed up and get that, uh, get off track on that. And I had, I had a whole thing that happened recently to me. Um, I started struggling with migraines about 10 years ago. And I connected them to a couple things in the, over the last year. My wife helped me with this, recognizing that chocolate is one of my biggest triggers, which is like heartbreaking because that was a primary food group in my life prior to. And the second thing is stress. And that was really the, the more prevalent one. If I was stressed, chances were I was going to get a migraine as a result of it. And I got into a really good groove and rhythm in life where I had created some space and I was enjoying it and I was able to get 
pleasure off of checking things off of my to-do list through the course of the day. And then I started sensing that God was asking for something more from me. And I told my Forge group this. I was like, I feel like God is, there's something that he's like, I'm preparing you for this. Get ready. There's more coming. I was like, cool, sounds good. And then the more hit. And I suddenly became much more, um, yeah, I think in Christian life we say, life was much more full. It was busy. I got a lot busier. And I realized that in the space that I had created with the intention and purpose of seeking him and walking with him in his presence, I didn't do that. So I felt more tranquil. I was having less migraines, but it wasn't because I was walking daily in the presence of God. It wasn't because I was experiencing the joy of the Lord through the course of my day. And it caused me to feel heavy again. And it caused me to be stressed again. And I was like, oh, all right, we need to relearn this. We need to relearn this lesson. Yeah. And I feel like this time of year, we all need the joy of the Lord. We need it more than ever. We need it for our daily stepping. I don't know, maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, I'm good. I know I need it for each step that I take every day. Because otherwise, I am grouchy. Babe, don't, don't acknowledge this one too much. I'm grouchy. I'm grumpy. I'm frustrated. If I had any hair left, I'd be pulling my hair out. And it's in those moments where I realize, oh, oh, this is a self-locating moment. This is one of those moments where I should be walking in his presence, and I'm not. And I think we think it's easy to find joy in the place of abundance of the things that we want because they bring the emotion of happiness. But sometimes it's in the barren places. Or if you're one of the create space people, it's in the very full times where we recognize and we learn if we're living from a place of joy or if it's a mixture of happiness and excitement and during this holiday season, some weird holiday cheer thing that happens and it's more like a frantic energy that we have of I have to get all of the things done and we realize we're one week away with 18,000 things left to do, like finding the last present for that person and all, you know, all of those things. And I found that it's in those moments where I can locate best if I am walking in with the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Right. Right. So am I experiencing that? Not the emotion of that. But walking with joy. And as we were worshiping, as we were praying bef before, I was just feeling like this is a very... Um, intentional timing that God has for this conversation with us. Because I feel like a lot of us feel like we're lacking strength. And he is wanting to lend his strength to us today. So I want to go through the beginning of Luke this morning and highlight a few things that I believe God wants us to focus on, starting with Elizabeth and Zechariah. Um, and in Luke 1, 5 through 7, it says this. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. 
His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of the Lord, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. And I want to pause here for a second. And I want to say that if there are anybody in the room that are waiting to be able to conceive, did you see what it said? It said, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Sometimes the not being able to conceive is not because of sin. It's not, I know in Christian life, we can sometimes feel like, oh, I must have done something wrong, and, and that's why this is happening, and that's, they were, it literally, the Bible says they were, they observed all of the Lord's commands and were blameless in his sight. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just not the appointed time yet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She wasn't even just waiting for the baby. She was waiting for the opportunity to conceive the baby. There's a difference. Like, pregnant people, you know there's the baby coming. She was waiting for the hope of possibility to be able to conceive the baby. So if you're today waiting for that opportunity, for the dream to potentially come that God has placed in your heart, it just may not be time yet. But there's still joy in the midst of that. There's still joy in the midst of the seasons. There's still joy in the midst of every part and every piece of our lives. In his presence is fullness of joy. Single people in the room. I spent nine adult single Christmases. That's a lot of adult single Christmases. And I watched the world around me move on and continue on and have their parties and have their family times and have all these beautiful things. And I sat there and felt stuck, and I was waiting for the opportunity for that relationship to be birthed. And for the first... Oh... I really want to say for the first couple of years, for the first many years, I was, which is not grammatically correct, but um, I was frustrated because of my circumstances. And I was feeling and saying, well, if this changed, if I wasn't single anymore, then I would be joyful. And I was looking for a change of my season to bring a change of the fruit in my life. And I think we struggle with this because as we get older, we begin to recognize, oh, seasons are a thing. I understand how that works. And this is a full season. This is a busy season. This is a, a season where there's some mourning. This is a season of exciting things happening. This is a season of frustration. This is a season of feeling stuck, whatever. And certainly there are all of those things. And yes, there are seasons where there's a lot of exciting things happening, so there's a happiness that is closer to the surface in us. But what does the word say that joy is? Galatians 5, 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So joy is not a season. It is a fruit of life lived with the Holy Spirit. So that joy means that should be present in every season of my life. So even though I may be in a sad season, 
I can carry the joy of the Lord with me because in his presence there is fullness of joy. So when I'm going through the difficult times, in his presence there is fullness of joy. When I'm going through the exciting times, in his presence there is fullness of joy. When I'm going through that frustrating job change at work, in his presence there is fullness of joy. When I'm going through that thing with my family that I have walked through 15 times before where they don't understand the boundaries that I've put in place. This is, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm not saying, a lot of you know my family. I'm not saying this about me, okay? Um, <laughs> my dad just said thank you. Um, when I'm going through that really frustrating thing where I have put the boundaries in place and they're not respecting the boundaries once again, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So I can't look to my season to change to bring joy into my life. And that's what I was doing. And I think we've all done that a lot of times in life, if we're honest. But the fruit is from the proximity to God. Liz and I have been married for a little over two years now. And my joy hasn't changed from my relationship with her. My happiness certainly has. Getting to be with the person that you know that God has for you, yeah, my happiness has absolutely changed and increased exponentially. But my joy didn't change from a relationship with a person. My joy changes from my proximity and relationship with God. So... Let me encourage and challenge you if you're in the room this morning or watching online or listening to the podcast. If you're Elizabeth waiting for that thing to have the opportunity to be birthed in his presence is fullness of joy. Don't press in because we want it to happen. Press in to walk with the one who is our joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Press in to walk with him. He's so good. He's so kind. And our hope is not in that thing, it is in him. And I can guarantee you the season matters less when we're walking with him the season that we find ourselves in, the emphasis that we place on that season matters less than who we get to walk it with. So I want to fast forward. Elizabeth conceives. Mary's visited by Gabriel, and he says, okay, the Holy Spirit's going to cause you to conceive. It's going to be great. You're going to carry a baby. And she goes to visit Elizabeth. And in Luke 1.46, it says this. And Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And I read that, and I tried to put myself in Mary's shoes, which as a married, almost 36-year-old male, a unwed, pregnant teenage girl is about as far away shoes as I could possibly get. But Let's just say I'm an unwed pregnant mother in an extremely strict religious society. I'm not necessarily going, yeah, this is great. 
My soul rejoices in God, my Savior. That feels like an obstacle for the rejoicing to me. It wasn't universally accepted for Mary to be in the position that she was in. There were people, I know we've talked about this before in church life, but there are people that are talking about her. There are people that are not, not even just side glances at her, that are full on like, yeah, okay, the angel helped you conceive that child. Got it. Sure, Mary, whatever you say. And what is her response? She's in proximity to God. She is carrying the king. In his presence is fullness of joy. His presence was literally with her. In his presence is fullness of joy. And then we fast forward a little bit further, and in Luke 2, 4 through 7, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she birthed her firstborn, her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in the manger because there was no guest room available for them. Mary did not get to do her birth plan. She wasn't even in her home area. There was no relationship with the doctor or the midwife. There was no question of an epidural. There was not a hospital room to complain about. She wasn't with her family roots. She was with Joseph's family roots. Because it was Joseph's family line. They were in a barn out back. And it was not the Pinterest, Instagram, barn weddings that have become so popular. It was a barn with animals. I know what my living room smells like when my six-pound dog farts on the couch. If you've never had that experience in your life, (laughs) you're missing a great thing. Um, What must that barn have smelled like? What did joy smell like? What did it smell like when the glory of heaven came to earth. Because I can guarantee you, ain't nobody buying that scent as a candle. I don't actually know how they would make that. I don't think that there's an essential oil for cow manure that they could add into a candle. But if you could, if you're buying it, you're only buying it as a gag gift to give to someone as a joke. In his presence is fullness of joy. The glory of heaven was in that room. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, wrapped in rags, laying there. Mary was surrounded by a lot of natural obstacles to that joy. But that didn't stop it. I feel like 
one of the things that I always makes me laugh, we talk about the shepherds being sent, like the angels showing up, the, the heavenly choir showing up to the shepherds, and that being the thing that they, that they encounter, and that's what we read about in the Bible. And I'm like, if I'm Mary, hey, can you send that choir to my family too? No? All right, just the sweaty, smelly shepherds who have been living in the field for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks? That's going to be our reception committee. Great. Okay, so I just gave birth, and I'm not at home. I am a pregnant teenager. I am not surrounded by my family. I'm not in a home. There's a lot of things not working out in the natural way that we would want to see it work out for there to be happiness in this moment. And in Luke 2, 19, it says, but Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. And I love that thought, and I love uh, that. And I always, and okay, this is my interpretation of that. I am not saying that this is what the Bible says. It's a big old giant caveat there. But when I read that, I always think, man, when I'm wrestling something out with God, there's a beauty that happens in the midst of that. She's pondering that in her heart. She's thinking that through. When I'm wrestling something out, when I'm pondering something out, it can take a little while to get there, but I always get there with him on it. So ponder those things in our heart. Have those conversations with God. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Then they took Jesus to be... Um, circumcised at the temple, and in Luke 2, 34 and 35, uh, prior to this, Simeon had, get, this is the Messiah, he gave this beautiful word of this is who this is, and then in 34 and 35, the part that we don't normally read, uh, or that we just skip over when we're doing our reading, we're like, oh, that's awkward, let's keep going, it says this, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Awesome. Thanks for that one, Simeon. That's exactly what I wanted to hear right now. That is one more obstacle that I was looking forward to in my life. Okay. When they're leaving to go to Egypt because the king is killing all of the babies and have to go be at the mercy of those in a foreign land. How about when they're parenting the actual perfect child? I, I know that that sounds nice. Like, that sounds like, oh, that could be cool. But also, imagine being the parent of the child that you know, oh, really, it's not them. Like, they're right. It's me. Every time there's a disagreement, they're right. That would be awful. I'm not a parent yet, but I can imagine that would be an unpleasant circumstance to have to navigate every time. And a big old self-worth hit each moment that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're, you know what, you're actually right. Like each time the parents have to say, you're, you're right, Jesus, yep, you're right, all right, all right. In Luke 2, 49 through 52, we, a lot of us probably know this story. It's when they visit um, Jerusalem and Jesus is, a little bit older at this point, and they are on their way back, and they lost Jesus, and they're like, oh, where did he go? Oh, no. So they run back, and then he says, uh, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Where else would I be? 
then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And then next comes one of my favorite scriptures, and it was like the, the anthem of so many youth ministries when I was in youth group age. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. And I love that in this, Mary's continuing to treasure these things in her heart. And I love that in this, we don't read and they're getting bitter. And I love that in this, we see Mary rejoice. And we recognize the, the rest of that prayer when she says, my soul rejoices in God my Savior. In Luke 1, 50 through 55, that was the, this is the rest of her prayer. He, she says, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent, a, sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary's seeing the beauty of God's salvation plan up close and personal. And she's rejoicing in that each and every day. I'm so thankful for that salvation plan. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to walk in that salvation plan that God brought. I'm so thankful that Mary chose to rejoice. In the midst of all of those obstacles, Mary chose to rejoice. I can choose to rejoice because in his presence there is fullness of joy. I think that part of the reality of living on this planet is that these days are evil. So our circumstances, our situations exist in brokenness. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but you know in Ecclesiastes 3 where it talks about all the different seasons. There's a time of mourning. There's a time of rejoicing. There's a time of building. There's a time of tearing down. There's a t you know, th it goes through this list of all the things. A time to kill, a time to heal, um, a time to dance, a time to, to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, a time to count as loss, a time to keep. All of those things. I feel like in an hour time span of life, there are times where I have gone through like 18 of those different moments, the 18 of those different seasons in one hour. I feel a little bit crazy when it happens, but I feel that happen in day-to-day -day life. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about, or am I just the only person? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm going through all these things. And then I read verses like Philippians 4, verse 4, where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I'm like, oh, okay. How do I experience all of those things simultaneously? Because I guarantee you when we are living in community, like we get to do, we are walking with someone who's going through this, through a low, low, low moment. And we are walking with someone who's going through a high, high, high moment. And the whole spectrum in between. So how do I do that? How do I rejoice in all of the things? How do I be happy and sad at the same time? 
And in that craziness, it's those moments where I have to step back and remind myself, joy is not an emotion. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. So I can be mourning and still carry joy. I can be weeping and still carry joy. I can be pressed. I can be crushed and still carry joy. And I really want us to hear that this morning because I think that it can give some of us permission to not have to be like this all the time. Because it's not an emotion. It's not a season. I think especially for those of us that may be doers. Like we feel that pressure of always being up here all the time and happy and da-da-da-da. Like, no. There are seasons of mourning. That's a reality. But I still carry the joy of the Lord with me. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 1611, we read this at the beginning. You make known to me the paths of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And while no one could say this of me yet, here's where I would like to get. It's 1 Peter 1, 6 through 8, and it was a letter to the churches, and it was, uh, they were in the middle of persecution. And it says this, In all this, all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not know him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I don't need the scent, the right scent, to experience joy. The scent of cow poop will do just fine. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In his presence is fullness of joy. And I know that that sounds like the easiest and hardest answer all rolled into one. Because sometimes it's like, oh, that's it. Okay, that's what it is. And then it's like, well, but how do I do that? And the answer is one step at a time. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Sometimes I get one step. Sometimes that's all he gives me, which is because he knows that if he gave me five, I would go do it on my own. Be like, I got this, great, thanks so much, I appreciate it. So he has to restrain me and give me one step at a time. Some of you, sometimes I talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, God was showing me this about the future and this and this and this. I'm like, wow. Man, if I wasn't such a psychopath that would go and make that happen on my, on my own, he'd be able to show me more things too sometimes. What must that be like? Anyway, 
Um, sometimes it's one step. Sometimes it's half a mile down the road, he'll illuminate that path. But it comes from walking in his presence. It comes from making the space for that to happen. It comes from living with him. It comes from living in union with Christ. It comes from an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That means I can't make it happen on my own. I don't have that power. I don't have that ability. I don't have that strength. We love the message in our culture in in this day and age of you are enough. Guess what? That's a lie. That is a lie from the enemy. We are not enough. He is enough. And that is enough. We can't place all of our eggs in our own basket. My basket's a mess. God is enough. And so we look to him. And so we lean into him. And I love that thought, and I love that concept of leaning into God. Because, you know, sometimes when you give someone a hug, and it's like, oh, yeah, they, like, really don't want to be hugging me right now. Okay, sounds good. It was good to see you. I didn't realize that you didn't want a hug, so this is now really super awkward. I'll never do that again. And then there's sometimes you give someone a hug, and they kind of lean into the hug. Like, oh, this is nice. Which one are we doing with God? In our worship, are we leaning in? Or are we doing it because, well, this is what we do on a Sunday morning to get to the part that I kind of like more. In our prayer life, are we leaning in? Or are we praying the same prayer that we've always prayed our whole life? In our giving of our time, of our talent, of our resource, are we leaning in? Of our presence and community that God has placed us in, are we leaning in? In my reading of the word, am I leaning in? When the word says to meditate on it day and night, am I doing that? And none of these things are said to bring condemnation, okay? So here's what happens sometimes when someone goes through a list like that. It's like, oh, I'm not doing that, and I'm not doing that. Like, I sit over there sometimes, and I'm like, oh, and I need to do that, and I need to do that, and I need to do that. And and it's like, nope, 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 nope. That is not the purpose of this. It's not for us to feel bad about it. It's for us to recognize Okay, here are some opportunities for me to grow in this walk, to grow in this relationship. Here are some opportunities for me to walk in the presence of God, and in his presence is that fullness of joy. So how do I do that? I choose him. There's a, um, 
songwriter that I love. And a lot of you might know her. her name's Brooke. It used to be Brooke Frazier. It's now Brooke Leiterwood. She's written probably a lot of the Hillsong songs that you may know. And she was talking in an interview one day about a song that she wrote called Resurrender. And I was like, well, that's a weird song title. That, like, what? It, and I was like, that's kind of awkward to sing, too. And she was saying, in Christian life, we love to talk about the concept of surrender. She said, but the truth is that walking with God is not a life of surrender. It's not a one-time event. It is a life of re-surrender. Mm -hmm. It is a life of me saying yes, and then me saying 30 minutes later, yes. And then five seconds later, yes, I want what you have, God. And then two minutes later, yes, I want what you have, God. And then two hours later, yes, I want what you have, God. Yes, I want all of you, Lord. Yes, I want you in every part, in every aspect, in every facet of my life. I want you, Lord. I choose you, Lord, above every other thing. With everything that's in front of me, I'm choosing to serve you. I'm choosing to pick you because you picked me. You made the way because you picked me first. And so now I get to approach the throne room of God boldly with confidence, knowing that you want me here, knowing that you want me with you. And we get to walk in that. And we get to walk in that relationship with him. And that he wants us. So today, wherever you happen to find yourself in that journey, whether it's saying yes for the first time or needing a moment of re-surrender or this is a God-timed encouragement in the middle of all of the busy that we have going on in the middle of all the fullness of Christmas, New Year's, holiday weeks, you know, when you try to wrap up everything that you have left for work so that you don't have to think about it in that little, in that weird week that's like this black hole that happens. Wherever you find yourself in those, in that journey, in that process, I want to go ahead and pray for us. So if you could, if everybody could bow your head and close your eyes. If you find yourself this morning, I actually... This would normally be the time where I would start playing the piano and whatever, but I want us to take 30 seconds to a minute and ask God where we're at with that and give him some room to speak to us. And just say, Lord, where, where am I on this journey? today for you is 
moment of surrender for the first time or a time of re-surrender, I'm going to go ahead and pray a prayer and I want to invite everybody in the room to pray this prayer after me. There's not anything mystical, magical about the words. It's more about our heart position and what we are saying to God and inviting him and committing to. Say, dear Jesus, I choose you because you first chose me. I thank you for the opportunity to walk with you that I have because of your gift of love. I choose this day to walk in your presence for your cause, for your purposes. I thank you for this gift that you have given to me. I will never go back. I'll never be the same. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If this morning you find yourself in the place of Elizabeth, waiting for that opportunity for the thing to be birthed, I want to pray over you as well. I feel really um, impressed to pray over you. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that it is enough. We thank you that you are enough. We thank you that it is not by my strength, not by my power, not by my own works, but it is by your spirit. Lord, we pray this morning, this day, for a miraculous breaking, a miraculous birthing, a miraculous moving, a miraculous shifting. God, do whatever you need to do in us. We are yours and yours alone. That you would move our hearts where you need to move it to. That you would move the pieces where you need to move it to. God, that our desires would line up with your desires. That our heart would become your heart. That our will would become your will. That our desire for the ways would become your desire for the ways. God, we pray right now. I pray for the people in this room that have been in the waiting that your joy, your joy would be strength. God, we thank you that you give your strength freely. Lord, help us to be more aware of you in the busy and in the quiet, in the full and in the simple. We fix our eyes on you and you alone. We pray for healing in the room today, God. For the people that need healing in this room, whether it be physical or emotional, we know that you are the God who heals. 
We know that you can do all things. We know that you can move mountains. So, God, right now we ask for you to move the mountains that are in the way of healing, God, that it would be opportunity for you to be glorified, that there would be uh, just your miraculous touch on hearts, on lives. Lord, we thank you for your kindness, for the way that you see us, the way that you know us, the way that you chose us first in the midst of all of the things, and that we can come boldly to you because we are wanted and known and loved and chosen and cherished by you. And God, we thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. say one more thing. To the people that have had to be strong to arrive at where you are today, sometimes that strength can be an obstacle and a barrier. And I know that the strength has lended and brought us to where we are now. But I believe that God is saying, You don't need to be strong anymore because I am your strength. So whatever needs to be allowed to die, let it be allowed to die. Because he will make up that space. And that strength will be a different strength than you have ever experienced before in your life. So thank you for being here today, church. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaning in with me this morning. Uh, I'm going to invite Pastor Kevin up to encourage us in our giving, but also if you have anything you want to say, feel free to go for it. Hello. (laughs) Give Pastor John a hand. I I think so often, John and Liz have a beautiful home that when you walk in, you just, it's just a breath of refreshment in their home. And so I say that because if you're experiencing a, a calmness right now, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the breath of refreshment that Pastor John carries on himself that is in this space today. So thank you because I needed that. I needed that spirit of refreshment, of just breathing, but also being corrected. The song today, he wipes every tear from my face, joy. Thank you. Church, I get to encourage us in our tithe and offering. There's going to be a screen that pops up that shows where you can kiosk, fill out an envelope, drop it in there, scan the QR code. You can give using the tab on, uh, there's some different ways to give. I feel like at this, some of you guys are pros at this. this. I just wanted to share something of an encouragement. I, um, The other day I had to go to some random part of PA. I can't even tell you the name. It's one of those places that the A's are pronounced like O's and the O's are pronounced like A's. It's just a weird Pennsylvania thing or whatever it may be. But as I was driving back, man, I was coming back. It was raining. I was stuck in traffic. 
there was a lot of stuff going on, but I needed to get home because I had to like get home. I was, I was stretching the time. It was like when you know you look on something and it's like you look at it at 11 o'clock at night, the destination's like 25 minutes, but then when you gotta go like at rush hour, it's like 45 minutes, you're like, wait a minute, I did not plan this correctly. So I'm driving back, as I'm driving back, there's like, uh, uh, there's, there's, my, there's an exit I could take, but also it's not my exit. But then it's like, Siri says, there's an accident ahead, but you're still on the fastest route. And I'm like, but no, it's raining. I see the fire ambulance lights. I know that there's something going on. I, I, this doesn't feel like I'm on the fastest route. And then Siri says, you're still on the fastest route. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In that moment, I wanted to get off the exit. In that moment, I wanted to reroute, turn the thing off and do my own thing. How many of us feel that way sometimes? God, this can't be the way I'm supposed to go. I'm in this turning lane, but all the cars are going straight. Can I just reroute it myself? And God's like, no. You're still on the quickest route. You're going to get there in time. Don't you worry. Don't fret. It may not make sense to give today. It may have not made sense to worship today. It may not make sense to do a lot of other things today. Thank you for being here. You're still on the fastest route. So I'm going to pray. You guys... Join me in faith. The Lord is not, he doesn't wait for certain things. He's not just like, ah, you know, end of the year, start off 23, let's do something different. No, he's, he's in it today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Today's a New Year's celebration. Yeah. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Yeah. We thank you that it's with us, it equips us, it calms us, it gives us peace. Yeah. We thank you, Lord. that you were doing something way before we woke up this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you're drawing us closer to you in this moment, in today, Father. We pray, Lord, that you'd continue to reveal more of who you are to us. Help us, Lord, to carry your love into our communities, Lord. Help us to hug ourselves in this season, Father. We may not be knowing where we're going or coming from, Father, but you do, and you hold us. And so, Father, I pray. Lord, that we would experience a joy that we've never experienced before. Childlike joy, giddiness, Father, Help us to hear laughter in a different way. When the thing doesn't look the way it looks, supposed to look, or we thought it to look, help us to to laugh, knowing that you have us, God. Help us to know that we are yours forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Before we go today, I just want to remind us. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. That was beautiful. I just want to remind us the next two weeks, this is our last Sunday for the year.
okay? We will not be here on Christmas Day. If you come, great. You won't be able to get in the doors. We will not be here on Christmas Day. Um, we will also not be here on New Year's Day. So the next two Friday nights, Pastor Kyle called it Friday Night Lights. I was not an athlete, so I don't know anything about Friday Night Lights. But the next two Friday nights at 7 o'clock, we have our Christmas Eve Eve service and our New Year's Eve Eve service. And I'm so looking forward to both of them. Christmas Eve Eve is my favorite service of the entirety of the year. Um, so I want to invite everybody back. It is a great time to bring friends and family. It is a great opportunity to invite people along. Um, and we love you, church. Pastor Kyle Danielle, love us. They said to send their love this morning. Yeah. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you. Have a great week.